Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors, and I have a returning guest, Melissa Peterson, on with me today. So Melissa, why don't you hop in and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, Mike. I would love to. First of all, it's absolutely great to be back. As you know, I'm a big fan of Game Changers and RSM Federal. I get a lot out of both programs, so I really relish the opportunity to come on your show and give back. Uh, As you said, my name is Melissa Peterson. I am CEO of Blue Sky Innovative Solutions. At Blue Sky, we support federal, state, and local government customers by providing IT services with a focus on application development and data analytics, cybersecurity services, and end-to-end business solutions. Our focus on driving continual performance improvements for our clients results in what our clients call the Blue Sky Difference. Blue Sky is proud to represent a number of Small Business Administration, or SBA, socioeconomic categories, including HUBZone, EDWOSB, and WOSB, which stands for Woman-Owned Small Business, and 8A. We are also proud participants in the Department of Defense Mentor-Protege Program, and it's the Mentor-Protege Program, specifically the DOD Mentor-Protege Program, that brings me here today to talk with your listeners. The DOD Mentor-Protege Program is a tremendous resource for small businesses, and I have seen its benefits firsthand. So I wanted to come onto your show to spread the word because I know that a lot of small businesses are not familiar with the program. Yeah. When you sent it over, I was like, oh, this is a great topic because you're exactly right. They're familiar with the SBAs, but not the DODs. And so thanks for coming on and talk about that. And for for those that are listening and haven't heard Melissa's other podcast, it's a very popular one that we did uh, about the 8A program and how you ramped up the business to get it ready to fully take advantage of the 8A program. So I highly recommend people go listen to that one as well. And so without further ado, let's, let's hop 
hop in and, and let's talk about this. So, so tell us about the DOD Mentor Protege Program because I, I do think a lot of people are aware of the SBA Mentor Protege Program. Most people may not even know there's two different things. So why don't, why don't you first start there to help people understand you know the, the key difference there? Absolutely. And also just to provide some context and to link this back to our previous podcast, the DOD Mentor Protege Program is one of the ways that we prepared for becoming an 8A company. So Mm -hmm. that's a key linkage to make. Um, But you're absolutely right. Most small businesses, I think, are not familiar with the program, the DOD program. So when my company entered the DOD MPP uh, back in 2018, I would share the fact that Blue Sky was participating in the program. And a lot of people would say, oh, you're in the SBA mentor protege program. Mm -hmm. And I would say, uh, no, no, we're not. Because at the time we weren't, we're in it now, but I'll save that for the next podcast. But um, then I would tell them a lot about the DOD mentor protege program just because they weren't familiar. But here's the highlights. The purpose of the DOD MPP is to assist small businesses the protégés, in successfully competing for prime contracts and subcontracts by partnering with more experienced companies, mentors, under individual project-based agreements. This is accomplished through technical and developmental assistance from the mentor to the protege. And really, when you think about it, the program is designed to benefit three key direct stakeholders. One, the protege who receives direct technical and developmental assistance. Two, the mentor who builds a strong small business partner with whom to collaborate on business development and contract delivery efforts. And then three, and this one is important, and I think that sometimes uh, businesses can forget this, the department. Department of Defense. The Department of Defense benefits from a broader and more diverse industrial base and increased technological innovation. So this creates a win-win-win. That's awesome. And what are some of the differences between the DOD program and the in the SBA program? Great question. Uh, in terms of overall goals and stakeholder benefits, the they're they're kind of similar and they should be familiar to mm-hmm. anyone who is somewhat knowledgeable of federal MPP programs. However, there is one characteristic, one benefit that really makes the DOD program different from the other programs. And that is that mentors are directly compensated for their support by DOD. Mm. So while the SBA program has the joint venture option that makes it particularly attractive to protégés and mentors, the DOD program has the compensation feature and it is a major deal. It enables mentors to provide support to their protégés in the form of labor, ODCs, and travel. And I want to talk a little bit about the types of agreements in the program because I think this is really important for your listeners to know as well. So there are two primary types of agreements within the program, credit and direct reimbursement agreements. I can speak to the direct reimbursement agreements with the greatest degree of depth and confidence because Blue Sky's participation falls under this type of agreement, but I can also give a basic overview of the credit agreement construct as well. Yeah, no, th- that's really helpful because the, the thing that stood out to me initially when you said that, so if I'm a listener and I'm, I'm looking at these programs, the first thing that stood out to me was how the compensation is done, where in the SBA program, you mentioned doing the, a JV. So they're going to be working with you on the contract, right? 
And in this situation, they're getting direct support funds or dollars, not working on the contract. Did I did I hear that right and understand it that way? Yeah, it can be both. It Honestly, can be both? you okay. can you can definitely work together. But one of the challenges that small businesses have when looking at a mentor protege program is finding a mentor. Right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, mentors are thinking, "What's in it for me?" The WIFM, you know, right, uh, right. and that's that's common because all businesses are going to be thinking about that with the DoD mentor-protege program, the answer to that question is 100% clear. (laughs) It is that you are reimbursed Hmm. for the program, Um, you know, in addition to having the opportunity to develop stronger relationships with the agency with which the the program is established. But let's talk a little bit about those two different constructs. So costs incurred under a credit agreement are not directly reimbursed, but they are applied under federal agency subcontracting plans towards subcontracting goals in different multiples based on the assistance provided. Hmm. So for example, if um, if your mentor is providing support in the form of ODCs, other direct costs, so they're, let's say, paying for your access to GovWin, then your mentor would be able to deduct double the cost of that um, from their subcontracting plan. Hmm. So would be able to, you know, um, get credit for that within the their subcontracting plan. Mm. So yeah, so that's how the credit agreement works. And then for the reimbursed agreements, which I guess I'm most excited about because I participated mm-hmm. in this type of plan, they provide reimbursement for expenses to the mentor. Now the statutory limit on these reimbursements is $1 million per year. Oh, wow. Yeah with the ability to exceed this amount under certain circumstances. So I just want to pause for a moment to allow that to sink in. Yeah, that's a a pretty big one. So in that situation, what type of support are you typically seeing from your DOD mentor in that situation? Uh, You typically would get labor, ODCs or other direct costs, Mm -hmm. and then travel. Travel. And so the labor support would be, you know, your mentor has various employees who are supporting you in a particular way. And I'll talk a little bit about this um, in a few moments, go into some depth Mm -hmm. on that. But with regard to ODCs, as I said, it could be purchasing different items for support. And then for travel, it might be um, attending conferences. Yeah, mostly attending conferences and different events to help or trainings to help to support your business. And if I understand that right, just I know you're going to talk about this a little bit more, but if I understand that labor side right, that's going to be things like like proposal support or education research, uh, you know, when you're going through what was beta.sam, it's going to be sam.gov, you know, that sort of going through the data, teaching you things. It, it's kind of like all that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's um, all sorts of support to help to build your organization. And it would really fall into two areas. It would be that um, technical exchange and then developmental assistance. So you get a significant amount of support. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, That's it awesome. is awesome. And I mean, when you think about it, the Department of Defense is so committed to small businesses and specifically to small disadvantaged businesses, hub zones, SDVOSBs, WOSBs. And there are a few other categories of businesses that are covered by this program or that are eligible for this program that that it will invest up to one million dollars per year for up to three years in our technical and developmental assistance. And I I just really think that small businesses should know about that. This. Yeah, no, no, that's that's awesome. So you, you just mentioned something there that's that's probably a key fact. So it's it's a three year program, or is it three year per mentor you work with? What's what's the 
the deal there? Yeah, it's up to three years um, okay. for the program. But, you know, if you only need one year for the development, right. then it could be one year. Um, basically, you would be making proposals. And a fair bit of this is determined by the agency that you're working with, right? They have gotcha. particular constructs within the statutory guidance, um, but then they're able to make, you know, certain decisions about how they, they implement the program within yeah. those guidelines. So um, but typically what I've seen is three years and companies should know that at least when I entered, I believe this is still the case, but you were eligible to enter the program as many as um, two times if you're still eligible. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. So being the, the technical data geek that I am, so I, I have a, a technical question that's probably a little bit in the weeds here, okay. but uh, when, when you get into the program, do you have to, and this talks about one of my next questions, which is, you know, your experience in the program. Did you have to submit a budget with your mentor because you know between zero and a million is a pretty big gap there to to just start turning in invoices for reimbursement so is there a budget that has to be submitted or when you get accepted in the program does the government basically say hey you've got up to a million a year and these different categories and this, and, and have at it you know how, how does that work <laughs> now you know that the federal government never operates that way they yeah. would never say have at it no, you're absolutely right. And that's an excellent question. Uh, typically, the way that you enter the program is almost it, it's pretty similar to the way that you would um, write a proposal. So you come up with a very gotcha. detailed plan. Um, first, you determine your needs. And those are outlined across a number of different areas. So your needs in terms of um, technical development, your needs in terms of developmental assistance, whether that might be in the area of recruiting, human resources, accounting, et cetera, et cetera. So you identify those needs and then you uh, create a proposal to the government saying this is what we would like to do together. Um, you typically gotcha. work on that proposal with your mentor, but it is your mentor that has the privity of contract or that would have the privity of contract with the federal government or the relationship with the federal government. So they are the ones who would submit the proposal, yes. but you collaborate on developing that proposal. And um, I'm calling it a proposal, but I don't right, think right. that's what they exactly call it. But yeah. you, you develop that plan. And then if selected, you are held to executing that plan, um, you know, with some flexibility. Right. You know, you have milestones and things and you need to stay on track and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a and couple of other things. That. You're meeting at least quarterly with your, your agency, with the uh, mentor protege program project or program manager um, to ensure that you're staying on, on your goals and staying on track. And you're given a lot of support to ensure that you succeed nice. or to help ensure you succeed. Nice. And you know, now this wasn't part of the original discussion that, you know, we had talked about before before the show here, but I, I have to assume, and, and again, since I want to hear more about your experience in the program, I have to assume if you're in the program and it's with a specific agency, that just makes it so much easier for the, for you to have conversations with your buyers and all of those folks because they have a vested interest in seeing you succeed. Am I wrong there? I think that DOD has a vested interest in seeing you succeed. And so what I saw happening with a lot of protégés was that offices would share information with other offices about, you mm -hmm. know, this is a company that's working with us in the DOD mentor protégé program. So your capability statement would um, be shared that much more easily. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely think that it facilitates those conversations and certainly having the opportunity to speak with the small business office um, on a regular basis 
basis, it, it can only benefit you, right? right because you're right. learning that much more about the agency. So yeah, that is awesome. definitely one of the benefits. That's yeah. awesome. So, so I've been dancing around this for a couple of minutes here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience in the program thus far and, and how it's helped your company? Certainly. So Blue Sky has benefited tremendously from the program. We've been really blessed. And I think the easiest way to talk about those benefits is to align them with those areas that I just mentioned. So the technical exchange and the developmental assistance. In terms of technical exchange, it's been very beneficial. The focus of our technical exchange is on cybersecurity. And with the support of our mentor, we have grown our capabilities and been able to evolve from a point where we were supporting our clients purely as subcontractors to now supporting our clients on multiple prime cybersecurity contracts. So it has helped us to develop that that capability. And it's also helped us to develop a burgeoning service differentiator in cybersecurity in the area of ICS SCADA, which is internal control systems, uh, supervisory control and data acquisition, basically the control of things. So, you know, there is all of this concern in the market now, uh, very understandable concern because the the threats are great um, around uh, the internet of things, right? And control of things. Well, that's true, you know, as um, I guess for commercial enterprise and for individuals, but it is equally true for the federal government, perhaps even more so. There are many assets that are controlled by um, SCADA or ICS systems that need to be protected. And um, this has enabled us to develop a differentiated capability in that area. Mm I love that because, you know, I think a lot of people, when they're getting into government, their focus is that short-term revenue and building the company that way. But this is something that years after this program, you said you've expanded your technical capability. So years after this program is gone, you will have built an asset inside the company that's going to pay dividends for as long as you own the company, I assume. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to, you know, uh, highlight the three stakeholders again, you know, it brings those benefits to us. Now our mentor, when we're going to market, you know, we have that differentiated differentiated capability that we can support them with. And then again, you know, from the standpoint of DOD, we bring that innovation. So it is absolutely win, win, win. Yeah. So I I know one question that everybody has, Mm -hmm. and I think you kind of spoke about this earlier, just briefly. The the big question for most people is, so how do I find a mentor? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, That was actually our question in the beginning. And I would say you find your mentor among the people that you know, the companies that you Mm -hmm. work with, um, you develop that relationship with them. I actually found my mentor uh, by going Going back to and doing just that, right? People that I'd worked with in a prior life who had started a new company and they'd started a few years before me, so they were a bit, you know, further along. Um, I decided to go with a small business as a mentor, mm, another nice. small business versus a large business or mid-size, because there were a lot of questions that I had, which I knew um, based on my previous experience, which included working for large companies and being in charge of the DoD mentor protege program for my different agencies that, you know, we definitely had proteges, mm-hmm. but I, I knew that we added value 
But I also knew that it is much more challenging for someone who works for a Fortune 100 company as a director to give uh, someone who's just starting a business advice on whether or not they should choose Delta at cost point or Uninet, right? right? They just, right. they don't have that sort of experience or how they should get out there with, um, you know, a, a company that is, you know, 15 people strong, let's say, um, which right. is close to what we were at the time, 15 people strong. And how do you create an impact on the market? You know, they've never had that experience. They've started yeah. from having hundreds or thousands of people, you know, to attack the market. So that's kind of the direction yeah. that we went in. And um, I think it's really important to also have what you're going to give to the, the mentor clear as well, um, have your value proposition and to know what that is, how you're going to support them and to be very clear on your values. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it, you didn't say anything there that surprised me. You mm-hmm. just reinforced some of the stuff that we're always saying. And so it's it's always really great to have somebody come on and outline it the way you did. I, I will say you did surprise me with the one thing of, of choosing another small business. Super smart yep. move there because I, I think that a lot of times we're like, hey, we want the big name company that everybody knows. And you're right. You know, they've got a whole life going on Mm -hmm. and now they're trying to do this. This is even at a million dollars a year, fully reimbursable. That's small potatoes to their company a lot of times. So it's, it's difficult for them to to get in there and do that. Absolutely. And I think it really, I I don't want to present a picture that says that one size fits all because it doesn't. Right. right. I do believe that, um, you know, we hope to rejoin the program again after we uh, continue our development and are a bit larger. And at that point, we probably would go with either a midsize, a large midsize or a larger company. So it really depends on where you are in your development um, and, and what questions you're trying to answer, what um, what what support you need. Yeah, that's a know? great point. You know, and, and I think at, at one stage of my career, I needed one thing and at a different stage of my career, I needed something else. And so that's just the... I think that's the wisdom of going through and looking at this from different angles and, and the experience you have now, you've gone through it now. So now you know what some of your needs are going to be if you go through it again. So, so that's really good. Do, do you have any, do you have any well, tips for our listeners? Uh, I do, I do, but I do want to finish one thing. And that is, I talked a little bit about the technical exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the developmental assistance that we've received as well, because this can almost help listeners to get sort of a, a checklist almost of the types of things that they should be thinking about when they look oh, yeah, at a mentor protege program. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and, and in our case, the developmental assistance was possibly even more of a growth and development accelerator than the technical mm. exchange, which was great. So, okay. So I talked about ODCs, basically the purchasing of things. Yeah. These were absolutely critical for our development. Using this funding, we were able to secure and maintain our three ISO certifications in quality IT service uh-huh. management and information security. And these certifications and the best practices and standardized processes that they represent have been incredibly valuable to us, such that when we survey our customers, the most commonly cited attribute is the quality of our support and the superior customer service. Mm. And we definitely attribute a lot of that to having the ISO certifications and to being able to continually improve in those areas. I'll just go through a few other things, uh, just again, to give listeners yeah, yeah. ideas on what to uh, to look at. So other ODC 
activities that we funded through our access were access to GovWin and BGov for business development research and lead identification and management. We got access to the ERI salary database for salary definition and proposal pricing. And we are currently uh, transitioning from Delta to, excuse me, from QuickBooks to Delta cost mm, point using nice. this funding. And as you and your listeners probably know, the the cost of these programs is, is significant. <laughs> it's not and cheap. So, yeah. yeah. And so having that investment was huge. Going back to your earlier point around the types of support that our mentor provides, our mentor provides us with business development support, marketing support, recruiting support. And I just want to emphasize that this is real support. We actually had dedicated personnel support. Mm us across multiple areas to help us scale our recruiting capability and our business development capability. And I really do believe that that was a big part of our success over the past years, past couple of years. Um, now we've grown to the point where we have several dedicated recruiters and dedicated business developers. Mm. Yeah. So it's been huge for us. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. I want to point out the value of something that uh, companies can probably take advantage of even now because I took advantage of it before I joined the program, but it is specifically for protégés, and that is the workshops. So another form mm. of developmental assistance comes in the form of workshops that are typically held quarterly. Um, you know, the pandemic okay. has thrown off timing a bit, but um, typically quarterly, and they are incredibly helpful. So mm. three years ago, before I even joined the program, they hosted a workshop on NIST 800-171 compliance. And I attended because I was a, a protege hopeful, if you will. Um, so for those who may not know, 800-171 is a NIST special publication that provides recommendations, excuse me, recommended requirements for protecting the confidentiality of controlled unclassified mm -hmm. information or CUI. So I'm hoping that bells are going off in the heads of some of yeah. your listeners because yes, this is the very guidance that's at the heart of the new Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, affectionately known as CMMC. Yep. So yes, three years ago, MPP participants and, and those hangers-on like me were given the support that would help them to secure their CMMC certifications today. Yeah, that, right? that's awesome. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah. And here's another big one. This one I'll just call a bonus because it's something that we didn't know was going to be needed and thus didn't know was going to be offered. And that is Project Spectrum. So DOD is constantly constantly providing enhancements to the benefits of the Mentor-Protégé program. So as if all that I've mentioned so far wasn't enough, DOD launched Project Spectrum to support small and mid-sized businesses in achieving cybersecurity readiness for CMMC. And mm. they created a pilot program for, you guessed it, protégés. Nice. Um, whereby we receive all the benefits of the program to include training for our internal cybersecurity and IT department, compliance mentoring, where our, our Project Spectrum from experts work with our team, with Blue Sky's team, through every phase of achieving compliance, and then continuous cyber hygiene and compliance monitoring. So mm. I've seen companies that are charging tens of thousands of dollars for just a fraction of these services, and DOD is providing it to its protégés for free. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's it awesome. is awesome. I mean, I really can't say enough about the program. And what's crazy is I haven't even mentioned the Office of Small Business Programs. Yeah. You know, ours is incredible. The director, the MPP program manager, and the entire OSB team have been so incredibly supportive to us yeah. throughout the program and to all of the, the protégés. Um, our mentor has been fantastic. Uh, the DOD mentor-protégé office 
protege program office has been fantastic and supportive and they really go above and beyond in terms of supporting us. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. And you know, I know we only have so much time and yet I want to ask another question. So (laughs) you were going through and and talking about different things and just it's like you just kind of skipped over a little bit on the on the recruiting aspect of it. When I deal with small businesses, in fact, I think I sent you an email about a client of mine that's having some uh, issues recruiting a certain position. I would say out of all the challenges clients have, one of the biggest is actually recruiting staff to put on contract. Is yep. is that, when you're talking about a recruiter, is that the type of person that could be on the team to help recruit for those contracts? Because that's, that's very expensive to go out and hire a recruiter and say, hey, I need to fill these four positions. Right. Well, you know, I'm going to walk a fine line here because the type of support that you're, you're getting within the mentor-protege program is one where they are teaching you to fish, Mm -hmm. not so much fishing for you. You know, they're trying to help you to build that skill. So there's definitely Mm -hmm. support. And as a product of that, you know, I could definitely see, and certainly it was the case in in our situation where we would get support with actual recruiting because it was kind of necessary to help to teach us how to recruit. Um, But one thing that I would say is that it's important to be um, of a size, and that might not be very large. As I mentioned, we were about somewhere around 15, 19 people when we entered the program. Um, We've now grown to about 75. But at the time, you know, there were about 15 of us, but you had to have someone who could benefit from mm-hmm. the learning, right? You, mm-hmm. you had to have people who could then execute. So that's, that's yeah. one thing that I would say, you well, know, don't, good. don't enter the program with the expectation that they would do everything for you. Right. They, they have been incredibly helpful. They, they helped us to um, create our uh, 8A capability statement when we were transitioning into the program. And so when we uh, were accepted into the program, we had that immediately available and we're able to begin marketing right away. But for something like recruiting, I would say expect some level of recruiting support, but really expect to learn how to do it effectively with the resources that you have. And and I think that's more than sufficient because a a lot of companies just don't know how to recruit. And it really is one of those things where it's like, hey, I all of a sudden have to fill four positions and I have no idea what I'm going to do. No clue. And and so I, I often tell people, hey, when you are getting into this business, one of the biggest challenges you're going to face is when you actually win a contract. <laughs> Can you fulfill the work? Can you do what you said you were going to do in your proposal? And a lot of companies struggle with that initially, whether it's the cash flow to onboard employees, whether it's finding employees. There's all these little things because we spend all this time trying to figure out how to win a contract and very little time and effort on how to actually fulfill it and keep it and win the recompete and all that kind of good stuff. So it's good to have this knowledge out there so that these companies can learn from it. So that's really Absolutely. good. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really hope that um, those companies that are listening take those free moments. You know, oftentimes when you're mm-hmm. growing and you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not busy enough or what have that. you, use yeah. that time to develop those skills, That's right? right? Pretend That's right. you've it, got the contract right now. What do you need to be able to do and get those things established? Right. You've no, got no, that, to build your institution. That's really, really good. So why don't you close us out with any tips that you have for our listeners that are considering the program? I'll give you three. First, okay. choose the right mentor. When you enter the program, the first thing that any uh, MPP program manager or OSBP director is going to tell you is they're going to use the the oft-used metaphor 
metaphor that it's a marriage. And mm-hmm. I remember when I heard that the first hundred times, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, yeah, we get it, you know, but yeah. I thought that it was perhaps overstating the case, but it really isn't. It really isn't. Um, you're going to work with this company for a long time. You're going to be faced with um, some surprising situations because things don't always go as you you expect, yeah. right? And so to the extent that you can identify a company that you've worked with before, right? And I mentioned that earlier, um, ideally a company and people, individuals that you've worked with a lot, hence part of my decision on a small business, a company with whom you share values and expectations mm. for the program, yep. and a company that excels in the technical area that you're targeting for growth and that can help you in building your infrastructure. So for example, if you're looking to build those skills in recruiting, go with a company that excels in recruiting. Not everyone mm. does. You know, companies have differentiated strengths. So I would say choose the right mentor. Next, I would say set and communicate clear objectives and develop a, a thoughtful development plan. And this goes to your point from earlier. Um, you are asked to develop a development plan as part of your, in quotations, proposal um, mm. with growth-oriented milestones. I'll tell you, I started thinking about what I wanted to get out of the program and more importantly, big picture, the things that I thought would really help to accelerate Blue Sky's development at least two years before I got into the program. Mm. That's not to say that you need to start that early, but I mean, this is how how um, important, how critical this thinking is. So think about, you know, what certifications do you need? Is ISO important to you? Is CMMI important? Is CMMC important? Think about those things because they really do drive um, your growth and think about timing on those. And then the final tip that I would give people is to be flexible because things mm. will change. When we entered the program, there was no CMMC. We had no idea that this mm-hmm. was going to be something that was going to be important. And so, you know, we ended up deciding to shift a little bit, to pivot mm. and to be flexible in order to address the requirements of CMMC. Yeah, You, so, know, you, you mentioned a point there that uh, I think is easy for people to overlook. And it's about your patience through all this stuff. You are such a good planner. You're so patient about these things and and thinking long-term, not just in today. Hey, what do we need to do today? But how can how can the things I'm doing today impact us down the road? And what do I need to prep for? I mean, we talked a lot about that in the 8A podcast, how you prepped before you got your 8A. And I, I wish more people would, would listen to your interview and just grasp how important it is to be prepared and take Take your time. You can slow down a little bit and then just reap massive rewards on the back end by doing that. So I, I commend you for your patience and and how your your planning process looks forward and all this because I, I see on, on our side just how many dividends it's paid for you. And that's just awesome. So I just wanted to commend you for that. That's been that's been great. So. Thank you. You know, it's absolutely critical because I think that so many of us understand this in different aspects of our lives, yeah. right? So, um, you know, those of us who are parents know how quickly the years go by, yes, you know, you you blink, you know, and that child who was just in kindergarten is in 10th grade. How did yeah. that happen? Yeah. Right. And it is absolutely the same experience with our businesses. So we have to be just really intentional and, and think forward to those times in the future yeah. because that time will pass 
um, sooner than you think. And if you really are working on your business, you know, you'll get there. You'll be at that yeah. next step. Yeah. You know, oftentimes I think people don't want to think about, you know, the strategy for the future or what have you because they're thinking, well, you know, will I even get there? Yeah. yeah. If you're putting in the work to, to get yeah. there right now, you know, you will get there. So plan for the future, plan for yeah. success. Yeah, short-term tactical revenue is important, but the, the future and what you want it to look like is even more important. So no, I appreciate the, the words of wisdom there. I hope everybody listens to that over and over and over again, because I really want them to pick that up. But thanks for coming on and talking about this. I know we're going to do more episodes on different topics, but thanks for coming on and talking about this. It, it's been really, really helpful. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.